And that's a bit of the brand new release from my guest, Quebec's Justine Blanchette. The song is called Hard to Love, and we will hear that here on the show, plus another previous release from Justine. We will get into her busy schedule, her songwriting influences, her upcoming trip to Nashville, and so much more here on the show. My pleasure to welcome Justine Blanchette. Hey, Justine. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? I am doing just wonderful. Great to chat with you. It's been a while, but we did see each other at uh, the CMA Ontario Awards for a bit uh, throughout that weekend. Yes, that was so much fun. Very wild. And then that was on my way to Nashville, so I missed a couple things, but it was so much fun. That was such a great time. And a big shout out to the CMA Ontario uh, Country Music Association of Ontario for all they do. And that awards weekend and all the seminars, which we were able to get back to this year, uh, were just wonderful. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, talk about your influences. Let's start there on the show, Justine. Um, for those who don't know, who are the artists over the years as you've become uh, obsessed and been pursuing music? Uh, who are those artists who have influenced you? Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few uh, for sure. And I always blank out every time somebody asks me who's <laughs> my favorite because I'm like, man, I really do not have a favorite. Like, I can't pick one, you know, yeah. Um but yeah, growing up, it was definitely Shania Twain and Reba were definitely the biggest ones. Um, my mom said that I, when I was four, or at least at least two, like I could stand on my own two feet and I'd be dancing um, to like the uh, Shania Twain song that says, uh, "Whose boots have your uh, whose bed have your boots been under?" I always mix it up, but um, I know, me too. That song. <laughs> so I was dancing to that song, not you know, not knowing what the meaning of it was behind, but. You know, right. as, as young as two years old, I was uh, very much um, influenced by Shania Twain and very much exposed to that. Um, so that has a huge impact on my music as well as, as my own singing, as my voice and all that stuff. Like when I, I'm performing live, people do say they hear a Shania Twain influence in my voice, which is awesome. You know, it's, it's a great honor yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and then growing up, obviously, there was the Carrie Underwood and Miranda Lambert that came into play. Um, I mean, who doesn't like before he cheats, right? <laughs> <laughs> Huge influence right there. And um, Lady A, which was Lady Antebellum at the time, um, yeah. was also quite a huge influence. I think we came to, uh, like, we found out about this band uh, by traveling to the United States a lot. And, you know, you open the radio and it's country, right? So um, they play quite a bit. And songs like, uh, I think it's, oh my goodness, it's the one about kissing in the moonlight, something like that. That was like my favorite when I was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, those huge influences. Is that song Need You Now? I think so. Um, it might be Need You Now or there's another one. I remember the title one. has something yeah. that says okay. Kiss There's one called Just Another Kiss. Yes, that's it. Oh, my goodness. That one would be on loop all the time. <laughs> so. That is a great song, and I'm going to Google oh, yeah. that right now to make sure I've got it right because our listeners will go, that's not it, but I think it's Just Another Kiss or Just a Kiss. Uh, just a Kiss. Yeah, that might be right, actually. Yeah, you might be right. yeah. There you go. Yeah, see, I should have known that. But, uh, yeah, I remember playing that one on loop. And, um, you know, as I got into the country music industry myself, um, definitely artists like Morgan Wallen uh, played a huge role into my own songwriting. Um, and for a while, I was like, man, why can't I write songs? Like, you know, how they write the songs and they just sound really good. So I gave myself this, like, objective, just, like, um, this goal of just getting to 
you know, getting closer to his type of songwriting. So I would listen to Morgan Wallen every night during my shower <laughs> on my Google home um, sure. and just play it nonstop for like at least a month or two. And then I saw it reflect into my songwriting and I was like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. Um, so definitely just a little trick for anybody out there who wants to start writing out like, like an artist or whatever. I, I proved it. It works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, how do you get to write like them? And now you've given us that secret there. So just listening to it a lot and it, yeah. you'll, just, you'll absorb it. Exactly. It's just, it's subconscious. Right. And, uh, I mean, apart from Morgan Wallen, obviously all kinds of artists that are now making it big in the scene are huge inspirations to me. And um, I specifically like Spotify playlists that have the lesser mainstream stuff, but that's very much um, creative and almost like indie and all that stuff. Like, I love those songs. Like, And then eventually they may make it mainstream. And then I'm like, I was listening to it from the get-go, guys. Like, this is so cool. Told you. <laughs> Yeah, it's always cool when you know a song before it becomes big and it's like you feel like you were in on the ground level. Yes, absolutely. And that's my favorite part about listening to this playlist. There's so much fun. And, and, you know, whenever you're just stuck with the radio, it's like, oh, okay, now I'm listening to mainstream and I'm not like fed up of them yet. It's great. Well, yeah, you get variety because, yeah, you hear the top 40 on country radio, which is great. But when you when you go to the yeah. playlist, then you're hearing something you're not hearing a lot because you're only exactly so many times so uh, it's more fresh that is very cool and what led you to songwriting in the first place justine we've talked about this before but what uh, what, what was the inspiration in the first place to start creating your own stuff well i've always really liked um words and getting to to express things through them um you know younger when i had the time <laughs> i would read a lot so i i barely have the time to and even if i have i have some time like like on sunday we had a we had to be in the car for like an hour and a half. Um, what well, three in total, but I forgot to bring a book and I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, this is the perfect time. But anyways, um, you know, like I just, I really like getting a thought into a very creative line and something that, that can have um, a double meaning. Like I love those. Those are so creative and they just, you know, make my neurons spark. Um, <laughs> but um but yeah, it's just, just getting to, to write down what you're feeling, especially if in a tough situation or just usually when I'm bored or something like that, something kind of cool comes out and I'm like, okay, this is fun. You know, and it's just that the fun part of songwriting is getting to see something come to life when it was only just an idea. Exactly. Yeah. You have an idea and you don't know what is going to come of it uh, three, mm -hmm. three, three hours later. And you're like, wow, we look what we created out of nothing. Exactly. It's it's fantastic. That is so cool. Well, let's turn to your current single. And this is one that uh, was written by other writers. So you chose this song. I'll ask you in a moment what uh, what you loved about the song. It's a great one. Uh, written by Courtney Cole, Derek Sutherland, and Kelly Archer. They're all amazing writers. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what, led, what, to, what was it about the song that drew you in? Well, it was definitely because it's a shared experience that I've had um, from what the song talks about. You know, it's, it's something about um, a partner or a boyfriend or girlfriend just being very emotionally unavailable. And I was like, um, well, that was my ex like from three years ago. So I was like, this is very relatable to me. And, uh, you know, that relationship that I had became very toxic eventually. Mm. And the, the 
route to finding myself after that like the path took forever like it took like at least nine months for me to recognize myself and start writing a song again like I, I didn't write for for almost a year wow and um yeah I just I had I didn't know how to write something that wouldn't come off as bitter because I didn't want to feel bitter mm -hmm. I was like it's done it's over with like I don't want to do that and funny thing is the first song I wrote after that you know and when I got over that hump was a love song and I was like that's that's weird <laughs> <laughs> um but it came out to be a really cool one and um yeah just the song really spoke to me and I was like I think this could be very relatable for a lot of people out there just knowing they weren't fully appreciated in a relationship or, or you know like their partner didn't know or appreciate their full worth and knowing they're not alone feeling like that you know here you go again calling at 1am you're either lonely or you've been drinking and part of me wants to pick it up but i've been strong all Now, this is the first time that you collaborated with Nashville producer, we all know him, Danik Dupel. Yeah, absolutely. He's 
so much fun to, to work with. And we're actually from, we were born in the same city. Um, so we're fe- fellow Quebecers and it's quite fun to have that connection there. And it's just, you kind of just connect them right away. And it's, it's, it's like an extra little thing once you start working with someone and, and obviously he's always like teaching me things and it's, it's a lot of fun to work with him. What are the things you need to learn in the studio versus when you're performing live? Are there different things you do with your voice or performance in the studio? Well, um, when you're in the studio, you're definitely going to be recording that thing like 20 times. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, and it's a lot of the times I like I'm hard on myself, but like, like, I think I'm very hard on myself, but Danik is like 20 times harder than me on myself, you know? So like, <laughs> not that he's mean or anything, but like, right. it, it could be the tiniest thing at all, you know, like the tiniest thing you could ever think of. And then like you're recording and then he stops and he's like, do it again. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's just like yeah. constantly. And sometimes, you know, he'll be like, do that part again. And then I'm just like, I don't even know what he wants me to do, but I'll just like give it a shot. And then at some point he's like, yeah, it was good. And I'm like, okay, if you say so. (laughs) Sometimes it's such, it's so tiny. I don't hear it, but he does. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And, um, you know, at the time of the the first recording for that, um, I had just gotten out of a sinus infection. So it was like twice as hard. (laughs) Um, yeah, so it was like super hard. We had to re-record the vocals back here in Canada, actually. Um, so, um, but the, the first recording experience was, you know, fun to get to do in his studio, even though we had to redo them. Sure. But yeah, I get that, that uh, the vocals got to be, and of course, to his ear, to Danik's ear, it's got to be perfect. Because when you're singing it live, it's live. But when it's on the record, that's the one we're going to be hearing uh, from now till the end of time. So it's got to be perfect. <laughs> exactly you know and and he's super nice about everything being like you know like once he delivers the final version or at least yeah. the first version you know he's like listen to it and once you're happy then i'm happy you know because the version he sends you he's very happy with it but obviously as a client you you can have a say on what you want changed so for sure and that's got to be a, uh, an exciting part where you're hearing this song that uh, whether it's a demo you've heard or it's a guitar song that you wrote yourself on a guitar, um, now you're hearing the produced version with your vocal. That's got to be exciting oh, yeah. on that, that first listen. Yeah, exactly. And it's very, very different to record somebody else's songs versus your own song. Because, you know, as I said earlier, I'm very self-critical of myself. And and, and um, usually when when I'm done recording my own song, I'm like, eh, you know, like I'm, I'm like, all right, it's feels like it could have been better. I feel most of the time when it comes out at the end, I'm like, I feel like I want to go back to the songwriting part. Can we just like start over? <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, and I just like fixed a few things now that I've heard the final product. Um, Interesting. But yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously you can't do that. But like, I mean, you could, but it's like a huge waste of time. That's um, interesting. So when you hear the song back at that point, even though you thought the song was finished and now it is because it has to be, but you think, yeah, you say, oh, I could, I could tweak that line a bit. Yeah. Or I'm just like, ah, oh, man, like I, it's, it's the imposter syndrome, you know, like it's very much like, I don't feel like, like my songwriting is good enough to be in that, in that song, um, right. you know, or to, you know, so um, at this point, I'm like, okay, well, it is what it is. <laughs> but um, getting to record somebody else's song, it's like it, you're really just performing, you know, and you're you're just trying to do your best to make, you know, justify how awesome the song is, you know. 
That's a good point. That I hadn't thought of that, but the difference between recording your own song and someone else is that you're not thinking about the writing because it's done and it's yeah. something outside of you. Not you're not as close to it in terms of the writing. Exactly. You know, it's it's not something I have control over, so I can't. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to focus on it. So. Oh, that that's a really interesting angle on it. Um, let's turn to a great song, another great song from you, and this one's called "Get Out of the Mud." Tell me about the song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this one came out of my COVID frustration, <laughs> probably like many other songs, but uh, it was, you know, peak of summer 2020. And um, here in Quebec, I don't know if, you know, listeners know this or or even you, Dave, but um, we had at some point curfews and um, it was pretty frustrating. Um, I don't know if you can hear that, but my cat's meowing right now, so... <laughs> hopefully you can't but uh just a heads up (laughs) um anyways we had curfews at one point here in Quebec it's very frustrating and uh peak of the summer when you know absolutely nothing was open and you can't do anything um I was like you know what like I feel really stuck and 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 this song came out like I don't know I want to say like a half an hour and it was really I ended up writing the whole thing and I was like my goodness there's like so many double meanings in this thing because like you know there's some lines that go like um i'm feeling stuck stuck in the mug got my truck going in circles and i was like oh my goodness it could be like your head's going in circles because you have no idea what to do you're stuck in a circle you know it's like never ending and you know it kept on going with all these like double meanings and and interpreting my own song that i had just written in 30 minutes and it's kind of funny um so 30 minutes yeah, it just came out really fast. It was all by myself, and I was pretty proud of it. And I was like, okay, you know, let's 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 do the whole thing. And uh, so we, I went to the studio, which was at the time with um, with Yann Belanger, and um, who's also a guitarist in the band Emerson Drive with Danik DePel. So um, that's how I know these two. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to work with him. And, you know, he put the track together and we recorded the music video for that during the fall, even though the song came out in February of the year or the following year. So um, the music video all by itself, it's, it's a whole story because it was um, we wanted puddles, obviously, because it says get out of the mud. Yeah. Um, and I borrowed my dad's best friend's F-150. Um, and so we had some fun kind of going a little bit over the top with the, the concept because um, at one point in the video, we, you can see there's um, this like really big rock that my dad moved to put, um, he put it in front of one of the back wheels. And it was, it was, it was about the concept of the, of the truck being stuck. But obviously I got some comments on the YouTube video just being like, you know, the truck could have gotten over that rock really easily, right? And I was like, I know, it's just the concept of it. Like, think big picture. Like, we didn't right. have all the, the CGI stuff to make it a big boulder. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I did end up uh, getting mud all over myself as well. It was very cold. And um, as I said, fortunately, it rained the day before. So we had puddles to work with. And it, it was a great day, absolutely. So much fun, great sunset and everything. Got my truck from the shop today Looking so clean and pretty That dent on the frame on the side of the door Had me going crazy So I took it out for a drive on that two-lane road But I forgot that when it rains Like it did, it leaves a whole lot of holes I'm feeling stuck, stuck in the mud Got 
All those tears, all those fears that you thinking this was gonna be my year. So I grabbed my boots and started to walk home and pray. But I forgot that when it rains, that it did it leaves a sunny day. I'm feeling stuck, stuck in the mud. And do you enjoy making music videos? Oh yeah, I think that's the that's the best part, honestly. <laughs> um, I'm actually uh, building an inspiration board for the next one uh, right now. That's what I was doing before I came on this call. And um, yeah, so I think it's absolutely fun because you can take the song and then completely like tear it apart and just be like, "What are we talking about here? What are the potential visuals for this song?" And it's just so much fun get to create this look and it's you know so far uh, all i've got is for this next one which is going to be a single coming out next early next year um is very moody and mysterious and like lots of backlighting and, and silhouettes and stuff like that so um i had a chat in my video producer yesterday and um i think we're gonna have we're gonna have such a blast on this one and the the one we actually shot together because we we did one previously that um, we shot back in July when I was in Nashville. That one's coming out in a couple of days, actually. Um, uh, when I say a couple of days, I actually mean two weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> that's that's the music video for Hard to Love, and uh, that one was absolutely so much fun to do. We had a, an amazing team. Like I was overjoyed by the amount of help and everybody just jumping in, and it was so much fun. I have so many photos now. Um, when does the hard to love video come out? It comes out September 9th. So it'll be the Friday of the CCMA week. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Good time to release it. You're heading to the CCMA. So that's exciting. Exactly. It's going to be like, it's been a long time coming. Absolutely. Like I've been sharing as, as much and as little as I can to not give away everything. And, you know, the single came out uh, August 19th. So there's a little gap there, but it was, it was intentional. I was like, I wanted to like, you know, build a little bit of a, yeah. what's the word yeah. for it? Like a little buzz. Momentum. Or yeah. Buzz. yeah. There you go. Yeah, you don't want to give them away both at the same time. You got the radio exactly. release. Excited. And now it's the video release. Uh, that's really cool. We'll look out for that on September 9th. Uh, the, the video for hard to love. Now you're heading down to, of course, we mentioned the CCMAs in Alberta in uh, early September. Then you're heading to Nashville 
at the end of September. Mm -hmm. You've been there before. It sounds like you go down there. Is it somewhat regularly? Yeah, um, I'm usually part-time living there. Um, obviously, with like Canadian insurance, you have to be <laughs> at least 180 days in the country. So I, I can't go more than that. Obviously, I'd, right, I'd love right. to. but um, um, And there's rules also visa-wise, because I don't have a visa to, to work in the United States. I have a full-time job here in Canada that's remote. So mm -hmm. fortunately, I can work when I'm down there, um, which is great. You know, it pays the bills and everything. So um, yeah. So, you know, next time I'm going down is to do lots more music and, you know, as I said, shoot the next music video, which is going to be so much fun. That is exciting. Well, there's a lot going on for you, Justine. It's been great yeah. sharing uh, not only Get Out of the Mud, your past release, but the Hard to Love single, which is out right now, and the music video to follow. Thanks so much, Justine. I wish you all the best at the CCMAs and, of course, in Nashville and for the rest of 2022. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Dave. My pleasure. Once again, I've been chatting with Quebec's Justine Blanchett. I'm Dave Woods, keeping it country.